Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are joined by a very special guest, practically the third member of the pod at this point, the one, the only, Michael Phillips. Welcome back, Michael. How you doing? Man, it's like I never left, man. I love being on with (laughs) y'all. I love this shit. Absolutely. Love it, love it. You are as if a member of the family. Uh, You can find Michael doing all of his work at 1010XL 92.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. He is a producer for 1010XL, so he is in the know, knows all of it, and is someone who is in the vicinity of Gator territory. Um, And I think that's where we'll start, guys, maybe with the college football playoff rankings. It was an interesting weekend. Uh, There was stuff that happened specifically in Gainesville that we Tyler and I have hashed out and Michael I know you have hashed out in other avenues um man, so it's been an, it's been an internal battle man it's, <laughs> it's it eats away at you it's it was so so it was just like the ultimate frustration yeah like I said last week it's like quite literally everything that could have gone wrong went yeah. wrong yes <laughs> exactly and that's exactly. just a really hard thing sometimes you get beat on just a great play and then there's times like this where it's like you can pinpoint at least six different moments where you could have just won it right there and you yeah, yeah. exactly um, it, all of it come uh, all of it uh, culminated with the marco wilson shoe throw which tyler and i have hashed out michael the three of us have hashed out in text messages galore throughout the weekend um but let's go ahead and look at these reactions that came out on tuesday the general public was not too happy and i want to know your reaction michael then we'll go to yours tyler um but let's just for the audience the top five stay the same bama notre dame clemson ohio state a&m iowa state jumps to six yeah baby all right all right all right i guess i guess it is still brocktober it's still Brocktober. Brocktober. It snowed this, today. In this year where time isn't is irrelevant, it is always Brocktober. <laughs> it, it That's the reason Iowa State's so good. <laughs> so Florida only dropped one spot down to seven. Georgia was at eight. Cincinnati dropped down to nine. Oklahoma at 10. And for the sake of argument, Indiana 11, Coastal 12, USC 13. Michael, what was your reaction to the college football playoff rankings? And what do you think this says about what the committee is thinking for this coming selection Sunday? Well, I think it says that the eye test and just what you've looked like throughout the entire season that you've beaten who you've beaten, the eye test itself means more than necessarily anything else. Now, that's not to say that other things don't matter, but mm-hmm. the I think the number one driving force, at least by these rankings, tells me that it's the eye test because – you have a obviously an undefeated Cincinnati team sitting there at nine and hasn't played in a few weeks, and that was kind of an argument made against him by the uh, committee's chair this year. Um, that you know, look, Florida's been playing games; they've played ten games now. Georgia's played games, and they've obviously had a tougher schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iowa State's been playing games there at ten games. That we value that a little bit more than what Cincinnati has shown. And Cincinnati's a great team. Yeah. But I mean, and I'm cool with that. I know that like that's a hot button topic debate within college football right now when these rankings right. come out is okay, yeah, Florida dropped one spot. Do they really deserve to be seventh overall? I mean, based off what we saw against LSU, probably not. But if you ask me These things Florida, can be a little overreactionary. Yeah. Like if you ask me who's better, Florida or Cincinnati, I'll take Florida and I'll take 14 points to go along with it. 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I, Florida is far and away a better team than Cincinnati. So, I'm more on team just who's better than okay. an eye test than I am on, like, most deserving and stuff like that. Like, when, when Ohio State got in over Penn State, even though Penn State was in their conference championship and mm-hmm. Ohio State well, wasn't. Penn State, Penn State won the conference. And they, and they won it, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ohio State didn't even play in the conference championship, but they got in over Penn State. I was personally cool with it because mm-hmm. I thought Ohio State was the better team, even though they lost that year, um, and it matters. But at that point, I would say that like Ohio Ohio State would have beaten them more times than they would have lost. Mm-hmm. So like, I was cool with it. I know that's more of a the on the minority side of the <laughs> argument, but yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I was cool with the rankings. I was honestly though my first reaction, I was like, Iowa State six and Florida's only dropping one spot. I was completely shocked that they only dropped i was very shocked um i'll say that uh i think there's there's one explanation for why florida's at seven and and it's because georgia's at eight and the reason for that is because as we said for weeks that this committee has overranked georgia in my opinion yeah but then they fell into that trap where the the like florida beat georgia pretty emphatically head to head so it's like you can't they don't want to drop florida below georgia However, you can't drop Georgia after beating Missouri by forty points because you. But you've already you've already kind of ranked them too high. So now they, you can't drop them. But you can't drop Florida. So Florida only goes to a down one. Iowa State, by virtue of not playing, goes up one. I do think that, like, I would take Florida to beat Cincinnati. I would because I think that when you lose in the manner that Florida did, late late losses in the season are tricky mm-hmm. because yeah. it's really hard. You're judging on a, on a thin margin, but it's really hard to throw out everything else we've had to this point. Right. Like, yeah. you can't throw out the other nine games Florida's played. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of those problems came up in the LSU game. That's why Florida lost. But it is one of those things where it, it's just hard. And, like, yeah, as a biased Florida fan, I'm like, that's surprising that we're at seven. Um, I thought we would have fallen farther. But... Again, and I I hate to be like this because I know it's never the answer. It doesn't stand on the principle, but these things always figure themselves out. Like I just cannot yeah. find myself to get too worked up about it. That these group of athletic directors and former coaches get into a room and think that they know very a lot and uh, rank teams only for the conference championships and the games that are played to figure it out for them. And we all get mad about the process, and I, I very much agree with that. But it's also like. I mean, Florida, Florida, and Iowa State getting ranked up here is gonna is gonna get figure itself out in like a couple days, right? Um, exactly. But, I, but it but is also me, the thought process, yeah. of Like of like the Cincinnati thing. But the reality is, is that just Cincinnati, it, it's one of those things that we kind of get into ourselves. Is that like every year we ask ourselves, is this the year the group of five teams gonna make it to the playoff? And every year, I think the answer is always it always is eventually going to be no. Like right. And that is a longer standing argument of like, is there gatekeeping group of five? Absolutely. And I think you have to reframe also when you get mad about this, that it's like, oh, they're screwing Cincinnati. I'm like, no, they've just, they said at the beginning of the season, this group screwed the group of five. Like, I, w- I would argue they said at the beginning of when we started with the playoff in 2014. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. Said that. Which, which is part of the reason I can't get continually worked up about it. Because it's the same damn thing that happens every year. And you know what happens about it? Nothing. So until they expand, I'm not going to get worked up about it. Because, yeah, they're getting screwed. But we know they're going to get screwed. And 
the group of five honestly should probably go do something about it. Like they should just say, we're not going to take this and form their own playoff. So let me, let me, let me play Reese Davis for a moment, because if anyone who saw the selection show on Tuesday night, Reese Davis was on one and he was just throwing haymaker after haymaker. And as someone who grew up, uh, attending many group of five games in a group of five household and then went on to Florida to have my own Florida fandom. I, I think the issue here, and you said it, Tyler, is the process, right? The process of selecting is an issue. What gets me and what I get agitated about is the committee picking and choosing when certain criteria applies and to which team that applies to. So for example, yeah, Cincinnati hasn't played since November 21st. I understand that. And it's very easy to get out of sight, out of mind. But when you look at Ohio State, they've played one game since that November 21st date, and they have stayed put at four. You look at AM, who I think hadn't played in two or three weeks, and they've stayed put at that five. So what you're telling me is that that criteria will, it will go into your favor if it is in this situation and in the past for a power five team but that doesn't apply to the group of five teams. It's as if the group of five teams are held to a different standard than the power five teams. And I understand that the majority of that is quote unquote benefit of the doubt, right? Like I understand that the athletes that Ohio state and A&M and Florida and Georgia have that those athletes are pure and pure hands down, better athletes. We're going to talk about signing day in a minute. This is where it happens, right? I understand that there's better talent on those teams in Cincinnati, but there comes a certain point where why are we playing the games, right? If there's always going to be this ranking that is based off of, oh, well, who has the better team or who in a hypothetical game in a matchup, we're never going to know if the games aren't played. And these, this like subtly dropping down Cincinnati, Coastal being ranked 12, who I believe, given their, their resume, they have two top 20 wins, right? Against BYU and Louisiana. And... When you look at it, Louisiana, who's ranked 19 in this ranking, beat Iowa State. And it wasn't even they beat them. They dominated them. They won by 17. They won by 17 in Ames. Like, we, I remember talking about that game, Tyler. We were thinking, oh, boy, what's wrong with Iowa State this year? Yeah. Like, there were some serious red flags at the time. So the fact that they don't even get that, quote-unquote, respect when you look at, and I'll give the same argument for Ohio State, a, a USC team. Who almost who almost lost to a horrible Arizona team that just fired their coach? Right, they've played five games. You look at, I, I feel like yeah. you look at Georgia. Like like we we all agree here that they ranked Georgia too high early on, and now they're kind of caught in like a web of lies, right? Where they're yeah. in this weird position where the the floor for yeah, that, Georgia that, that, is probably that whole too thing's high. Just a, the committee's fault of their exactly, own, but, yeah. But but that's but, my issue, and and that's where I feel yeah. like a lot of people and the anger and and the resentment kind of came up to a boil this past week or yesterday yeah. since we're recording on Tuesday because of this situation. And, and listen, I understand that it's going to work itself out, but I just feel yeah. that we've seen time and time again, that the set of rules that group of five teams play with play, uh, play with are different than the set of rules that the power five teams play yeah. with. And, and I, an idealist, right? A revolutionary. I want to, I don't want to tear down the system. I just want to, I want to reform part of the system, right? I want to, yeah. I want to go in and my personally, we, we can have a whole in the off season. The three of us have a podcast about podcasts. Oh, we, uh, we will, we will, oh, I'm sure we will we have will. it and I'll bring it up. And that's not right now. It's not the moment, but I'm just saying that I feel like while I understand where you're coming from, Michael, I feel like we fall on different sides of this coin, but guys, that's okay. Because that's part of what makes college football. Great. These discussions. Yeah, cause, 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 and like, 
because I was going to say, like, just for argument's sake, and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with what I'm about to say, but then you, you, you said all that against Iowa State, those teams that Louisiana beat and all that. And like, but Iowa State beat Oklahoma. That's a better win than any of those five teams have. And, so and even have then, that, like, and they, they, play a t- they play a tougher conference schedule. They yeah. beat Texas. They won a Big 12 regular season championship. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not saying I agree with all this, but these are all things that have to drop to the table. College football is an extremely subjective sport 100%. that we want to fit into an objective narrow box <laughs> and i do think that there are things we can do to fix that but like i mean nicole auerbach said it i think best i think it was nicole auerbach that said it where it's just like but the college football playoff call it what it is it's an invitational it's not yeah like a playoff and yeah, like it's a great way to put it and it's one of those things like i don't necessarily it's it's basically do you have an issue with that premise and like long term yes but also, like, for me personally, I just know that's what it is. Like, well, look, and- listen, I, I know you feel the same way that and you, Michael, Tyler, you guys are going to feel the same way that I would for the sense I'm about to say. A playoff that includes Alabama playing, I want to say, let's say that the let's say that the playoff is Alabama against uh, or Alabama Clemson and then Notre Dame, Ohio State. Those playoff games would be fantastic. Oh, ratings I would, be, would be through the roof. Forget the ratings. The play on the field. Those yeah, would be fantastic be, be football quality. games. It'd be great and quality. I, and I get it that their whole thing, going back to what you said to put a bow on it, Michael, that you know the eye test is clearly what's been the most important for the playoff committee. And the eye test is going to – those probably are the, the two best semifinals that we could get. It's a matter of invitational versus a playoff. You're right, Tyler, on that. So. I don't know. We could wax. We could talk about this for hours. Oh, and we, we will in the off season. <laughs> we will. And Michael, we will you will be joining us. Yes, but, you will. Um, it, it's yeah. My 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 whole thing is that uh, again, it's just these things eventually figure themselves out. And I think the process questions. I don't think that the process questions. I don't think are ever going to really get fixed until we expand or we put in a set of rules. Because mm-hmm. having no rules is what's allowing for all this. Like so, one thing that I, I will say though. They did have a completely objective system, and everybody tore it to shreds. It's what we That's had true. before the playoffs. We're college football true. fans. We, we'll, we'll complain about anything. The BCS <laughs> we'll was, about was anything. exactly that. It was all computers. It was all numbers. Everything was put into an algorithm, and there was no sub- subjective anything. Well, that's people why, still tore it to shreds. Yeah, that's oh. why before we, before we started recording, I saw on ESPN a headline. I haven't read the article yet, but the headline is American Commissioner Calls for a Return to the BCS. Like he was like, let's yeah, just yeah. go back to BCS. Well, like, like, and just funny. This is just funny to me. Uh, but it's just like I remember having to talk with some of my UCF fans in the Scott Frost, Mackenzie Milton year. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if we were at the BCS, we would we would be in. They would have to take it out of these, you know, like power hungry college football ads hands. And I'm just like, actually, there is that. There's a Twitter account that does the BCS rankings, calculates yeah. them as they would be. Yeah, and UCF would have been seven going into playoff week exactly, that yeah. year. So it's one of those things. Yeah. And they would they would have torn that to shreds. Exactly. And, yeah. and there's no perfect way to do this because unlike the NFL where you everyone plays the same amount of games, you have the same structure. Mm-hmm. College football can't do that, and I don't think they should do that. But mm-hmm. you know, I do expansion would help. I think But the reality is we're probably Alabama's probably still gonna get in the playoff in the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I really think that it would be amazing if we did get like a full governing body mm-hmm. of college football, like a a president, a CEO, somebody that can help mitigate and not necessarily make things even, but put everything under a similar umbrella in terms of schedules 
and stuff like yeah. that right. to where it becomes closer to what the NFL has. They'll never get there. But no. you, you and they, put yeah, in, they should. But I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, but I think if they do put in a governing body, it, it helps mitigate some of those issues. Now this year is different. I mean, you have an Ohio yeah, State team. That's a good point. <laughs> that the the reason why no why why people are talking about Ohio State not being in there is because they've only played five games. But that's if, not their if fault. They, exactly, that's not their fault. If they've played their entire schedule, then they would be probably second right now. Um, and, and and Notre Dame is going to actually play this weekend and and throw yeah. us all off on Guys, the loop. Guys, Sunday, like Sunday we could come back on here and say, hey, Notre Dame is the ACC champion. What uh, in yes, the world? Exactly. Ugh. All right, so that's it on, on playoff time <laughs> we, talk. On that note, we got to move on. We got to move on. Hey, quickly before we go into uh, your reactions for signing day, Vanderbilt has hired Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee. He's As their head one. football coach, he is a great coordinator. I agree with you, Michael. He is a Vanderbilt alum. He is a Nashville native. Michael, you are your secondary college football team is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. What do you think about this? A, what do you think about this as a hire for Vandy? And B, what does this loss mean for Notre Dame? Well, I think it's a home run hire for Vanderbilt, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they've really, outside of uh, the coach that they just had, Derek Mason, who I think is a good coach. Agree. Tyler and I both agree that. He just wasn't good enough to to bring up a program that's very hard to bring up. It yeah. takes a special kind of coach. But, I mean, James Franklin was a home run hire there. Now, mm-hmm. James Franklin is basically looking to leave wherever he's at every time, like every <laughs> second of the day, it seems like. All of a sudden, did y'all notice that? Like, a few weeks ago, there was like all these rumors like, James Franklin could, could go to the NFL. James Franklin could go here. It was like four or five different like little rumors that popped up all of a sudden, all within like a week of it like starting. Mm-hmm. It was like... James, is James Franklin just trying to get like a pay raise or something? I think like, it started save with his the, job. I think it started with the Texas rumors, and then from yeah. there, I think James Franklin was like, "Oh, let me parlay in this into oh, yeah. a raise." <laughs> yeah, but um, absolutely, get your money. Get yeah, your money. exactly. But yeah, Clark Lee. If you look at Notre Dame's defense this entire year, they have just been the model of consistency mm-hmm. each each week in a in an incompletely. Um, inconsistent year obviously he's he and Notre Dame they're like they never Notre Dame's issue was sometimes they would play down to their opponent over the years even through some of the Brian Kelly years um that I think bringing this guy in and getting this defense figured out to be as physical and as consistent as they are in the back end um and just throughout they like even though they were when they played Clemson they were not great but they were by far good enough and they were doing things against Clemson's offense and obviously Lawrence wasn't in there um but they have a good backup and they still had ETN and, and all that mm-hmm. they, they shut down ETN at games he disappeared yeah. for he big did. parts of that game well the um, run game was non-existent yeah and I think Clark Lee was a huge reason for that he was like all right he, he took a very Belichickian type of approach he was like all right well they're playing a well, rookie I, uh, quarterback Michael, and... on this po- on this podcast, we refer to that as the Brian Flores approach. I want to emphasize that. <laughs> okay, okay. We, we refer to it as the Brian is, Flores okay. approach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I completely agree because he's so. been amazing. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, they, they took he took that – he took the Brian Flores approach and just like, all right, I'm going to get rid of your best player. He, yep. He's not he's not beaten. No matter what. If, if you can beat me Simple, down the field – Simple, effective way to win a football game. Yeah. In their quarterback, he did beat them down the field at times, but not enough to win the game. Right. And that was yep. the biggest thing. So I think he's a home run hire. I will say two things about this hire. Just two things. One, 
would have preferred to hire an option coach. Well, just can can I pause you before you go to your well, second thing? Okay, sure. There were rumors that they went after uh, Jeff Munkin. Would have been a good hire. But they wanted him to change his offense. Would have been the exact opposite reason of hiring him. Exactly. Why so, hire him? <laughs> why, why hire, hire him? Well, in that case, just hire Clark Lee. <laughs> no. And, and so, yeah, they did. I, yeah, I, they two, did. Two, two, two thoughts. Would have preferred they hired Jeff Munkin and done the triple option, be mm-hmm. the different part of the SEC. But Ooh. two, because they didn't, I'm happy for Ken Seals Jr. I oh. like I like Vanderbilt's freshman quarterback. He's he does not have to transfer solid. anymore. Very <laughs> true. Very he, does he doesn't have to, have to look at anymore. other avenues. That's a great so way to put it. So we get to watch him, him again. Yeah. That's and, all I have to think say about this. And I, I think I agree with you there. I, th- I think he's going to be able to flourish. That was one of my first thoughts too, because he looked good in the back half of that Vandy season. Granted, they didn't win a game, but you know he looked decent. And I yeah, but that's good. not that's that's no, not his fault. No, not his fault. Not his fault. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, guys. Before we head into five wide, um, let's go ahead and talk about National Signing Day. So today was. The beginning yeah. of the early signing period, so recording this on a Wednesday, you are listening to this on a Thursday, recruits have until Friday at midnight, I believe, to sign their national letter of intent. If they do not, then they have to wait until February when the actual quote-unquote signing day happens. But because college football is just you know smash and grab in the wild, wild west, this has become the de facto signing day because the best players, most players sign to kind of reserve their spot to say the least so i'm gonna go ahead and read you guys the top 10 um recruiting rankings according to 247 sports Uh, number one you have alabama who as of now has 24 recruits six of them are five stars uh at one point earlier today michael i texted tyler they had uh they had what was it Uh, they had 18 recruits at that point and mm. a third of them were five stars, and I was like, "This is just unfair." <laughs> Don't they have like four of the top nine receivers in the yes. country? Yes, they signed, like, and they signed the two, the number one and the number two ranked offensive linemen in the country as well. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Let's just move on before we get. Yeah, sad. that problem's gonna go away real soon. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, you have Ohio State. Naturally, number three, you have Georgia, who, as we know, Kirby Smart, fantastic recruiter. Not the best in-game coach. Uh, I said what I said. Then you have a pair of Tigers, LSU at four, Clemson at five. Uh, yeah, but, but LSU has four more commits. <laughs> so I, exactly. it, it, it means the player average is better for Clemson. So. The player average is better yes. for Clemson, exactly. And we've seen quite a few decommits from LSU uh, over the past kind of week and a half. I don't think that Florida win really helped them long-term there. But as we know, they have a great stacked roster right now, so... Next year, they get things on track. They could probably fix that up. And, and guys, we're talking about a down elk recruiting year for LSU being four. Like, let's, you know what I mean? Yeah, let's chill. And then Clemson, five, as stated. Oregon, six, highest ranked. Oregon. Or, Oregon, highest ranked Pac-12 team, zero five stars. Their ratio is fantastic. They have 16 four stars, five three stars, and no five stars. And they are in the top six. They are above Oklahoma at seven. Our beloved Florida Gators at eight. Michael's secondary team, Notre Dame Fighting Irish at nine. And rounding out the top 10, you have the University of Miami, who has two, two five stars and four, uh, 11 four stars. So, guys, re- recruiting reactions, anything you think kind of stood out to you today? What did you guys um, think? Well, for me, uh, in the top 10, nothing really other than look at you, Oregon. Yeah. Get up there. This is what the Pac 12 needs. This mm-hmm. is why the Pac 12 hey, needs to hire Urban Meyer. Need it. 
That's well, why they need to hire Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer's got to make everybody recruit. Well, that's the uh, thing. Mario Cristobal is kind of raising that floor yeah. up for Oregon or for the Pac-12. Actually, to me, the more interesting stuff, personally, mm-hmm. is beyond the top 10. And okay. I'll just pick, chick, cherry pick here and there. Uh, North Carolina at 13. That's pretty big. Wisconsin at 16 is pretty huge. Like, yeah. They do not recruit that well. Mm-hmm. Um, They're just six, a consistent 16, program. 16 is pretty high for them. Texas at 17 is pretty low for Texas. Uh, Ole Miss at 18 is pretty high. Maryland at 19. Arkansas at 20. I I have to because, you know, this is uh, – we are all Florida alum. Uh, Florida State is at 31, and I just have to say he, 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 he. Um, Hold on one ha, second. Ha, ha. One second. Ho, ho, ho. Fl- Florida State is behind programs such as Nebraska, Cal, Minnesota, and right above them, the Washington Huskies. The team yeah, right after right. Florida State is North Carolina State. You love Ha ha, it. very funny. Ho ho, it is to laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I just, that's me, a Florida fan being facetious. Petty. But um, yeah, no, interesting, some programs in different spots. Ole Miss and Arkansas recruiting so high makes sense when you think of the coaches that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's just weird to see them that high. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It is. It's weird. It is. It's it cool, is a little though. bit weird. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, Auburn's in the 40, in, at number 40. Well, Auburn doesn't have a head coach. So. Yeah. But still, it's Auburn. It's true. It is Auburn. Um, but, and this is early signing period. Rutgers dude, is at 41. Exactly. Real quick. Is pause. This... Pause. Pause. Wait, Michael, hold on. Rutgers at 41? Rutgers <laughs> is at 41. Greg Schiano, king Man. of New Jersey. Doesn't Rutgers. even have to pump his own gas. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Michael? Go no, ahead, Michael. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you brought it. You brought up Auburn. I just want to point out the fact that the and they may not hire him, but their uh, their defensive coordinator is apparently up for the job and has some people say like a decent chance of getting the job. Can you mm-hmm. just imagine paying Gus Malzahn? It's going to be like $22 million yep, to not coach and just have his defensive coordinator take over. Like, I think it would be the most Auburn thing. Could you have thing. hired like another promising young head coach that just wanted to keep Kevin Steele at that point? Right. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. And then give you, Kevin Steele a raise. No, this yeah. is giving Auburn too much credit. Um, <laughs> you're giving Auburn way too much credit for whether... All right, I my... Know. I mean... No, go, go ahead, ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. Well, my, my biggest thing was just that this is still early signing day. And while most classes are locked in, there's still room for movement. Yes. Um, yes. And, and and we're recording that early signing period's not even over. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. It's just weird. It stuck up on me this year because the season's going so late this season. Like, yeah. Same. And I didn't even know until this morning that, uh, oh, it's National Signing Day. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was a moment. Um, listen, yeah. for me uh, – I was keeping an eye on the Gators all day. And because we are Gator fans, I do want to point out good on Mullen and the staff for getting two of the Palmetto five, Jason Marshall and Corey Collier, both uh, Jason Marshall, one of the, the the second ranked cornerback in the country and uh, Corey Collier, a top 10 safety in the country. Also Jeremiah Williams. There was scariness with him he is a four-star prospect he's a defensive end out of alabama he is scoob yeah he did say he was holding off on signing and then after probably some phone calls by the staff and stuff he ended up signing today so that's good and then tyreek sap out of st thomas down in broward um i saw st thomas play a nationally televised game this year 
This man was all over the field. He's like 6'3", 250. The man can move. He's just a tank. Uh, St. Thomas continues to produce just high-level talent. And I'm glad that we were able to to do that and get those guys. So just that's just some of the guys that we got, kind of highlighting them there. Um, but yeah, so that's it on uh, recruiting. Um, National Signing Day, again, will be the early period. We'll be closing on... Friday. Friday. So yeah. there's still some time. And if not, you can still, this recruits can also sign at uh regular quote unquote traditional signing day, which is in February. Gentlemen, it is time. It is time for five wide. We are calling it red zone because we have 10. That's right. Tyler, 10 games to go ahead and discuss. Are you ready, Tyler? I am ready. Michael, you are coming back on. You know the drill. We're going to pick all the games. Each game is worth one point. The current score is 56 to 51. Michael, you're cool. You're going to pick the first. You're going to go first on each game. Is that cool with you? All right. Yeah, yeah. It's all And then Sergio and I will switch off which ones we go first on. Exactly. We will then have a two-point conversion, which we will talk about after we talk about each game. As always, gentlemen, we go in chronological order. Let's start off with... Conference USA, the conference that I call home. I called home for a long time growing up until I was adopted by the SEC. And now it is so nice to come home to my roots at Conference USA football. UAB is taking on Marshall. It is a 7 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network Friday night. Michael, who do you have in this game? Oh, I got Marshall. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. The line is Marshall minus 5. I would probably bet that for sure but i i think marshall is better allegedly they have a, they have a yeah they have a much better defense and their offense is i think marshall has a slightly better offense but i think their defense is far and away better than uab's i i could see this game being like a a 42 to 28 game that heading into the fourth quarter is like a maybe a tie game even or like a 31 to you know 28 game and then marshall pulls away gets a couple of scores late yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see a way that UAB could could take this game. Even though I, I like UAB, I just think Marshall's having a great season. They're seven and one. I, I like their I like their team. Tyler, I'm gonna agree with Michael on this one because uh, you, you know I love me my UAB Blazers. I love me my Dragons. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can't really find it in me to pick them this year because it's kind of like winning a division by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, good for Bill Clark. He's won like what is it? He's won the division like three years in a row um the west yeah yeah because he lost yeah. fau last year yes he did and then he beat middle tennessee state the year prior yes so this is so, the third year yes because the yes. year before the before the year before they won the conference it was north texas yeah yes uh i'm, gonna I'm go embarrassed well. i'm embarrassed that i know that off the top do of my not head. be embarrassed <laughs> do not be embarrassed <laughs> conference true. usa stands over here let's go uh yeah no i'm gonna also take marshall because marshall's a good team other than losing to rice 20 to zero i don't know where that came from but uh, right. beyond that they're a really good team so i can tell you where that came from because i saw that game in its entire or the second half in its entirety uh marshall turned the ball over a lot and if there's one ah. way to lose a football game that you shouldn't lose it's turning the football over just ask the gators last week that's my last <laughs> one sorry had to just oh, no it isn't no it isn't uh, it's not we it's got not. a whole game to talk about <laughs> uh gentlemen of the people Tyler, I know I need to make up some ground here, but it's not going to be here, dude. It's just going to extend it. I'm also going to go with Marshall. Um, 
Michael, I may or may not have allegedly already put something on that minus five because I agree with you. That line is too <laughs> small, my friend. It's too way small. too small. Way too small. I think it, it's funny because watching – I've seen a few Marshall games this year, um, but the most recent one being that Rice game that they lost. And watching the game, it's not even like Marshall played bad. They just turned the ball over at the strangest times. They outgained Rice. They had more first downs. They held the ball for longer. It was simply just they turned the ball over. You can't win a game like that. So I'm going to yeah. go with Marshall as well. We're in unison here. Uh, let's go ahead and put the game, the second game of that Friday evening. We have the MAC championship. Ball State is taking on Buffalo. It's a 7.30 kickoff on ESPN. Michael, the conference where all the games are the same. The conference where all the games are the same. <laughs> all the teams are the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael, who do you have? Oh, I got Buffalo. I'm, I have not watched hardly any Buffalo football, any Ball State football, but I did watch when they're running when Buffalo's running back Patterson went for. Uh, a billion yards. It was like uh, 600. Jared Tyson oh has a thousand God. yards and has only played five games. Yeah. It's, He's it's averaging over 200 ridiculous. yards per game. That's what I yeah. call efficiency. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and he had like six touchdowns. He has 18 touchdowns in five games. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a cheat code. It's a cheat code. And you know what? There's, there's no use in spending time on this. Put that, put, put that S next to the Buffalo for me as well, Michael or Tyler. Because it's not even going to be entertaining. I I have already. I will also uh, be going with Buffalo. I already just went ahead and put my down for sake of efficiency. Good to know. Um, in the spirit of efficiency. Just to kind of keep this game a little bit interesting, um, I may have allegedly taken the Marshall minus five. I'm thinking of maybe doing a little parlay here um, just to kind of, you know, make things exciting as well. Secondary, a side bet, if you will, allegedly. Um, allegedly. All right. <laughs> Gentlemen, um, let, let's, let's just move forward and talk about the game the game of the day on Friday. It's the Pac-12 title game. It's Oregon taking on the number 13th ranked USC Trojans. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. It is on Big Fox. Michael, who you got? This one's interesting to me because I think Oregon, who has not had as impressive of a season as we kind of thought maybe they were going to have at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, I think they can hang with USC. USC is ranked 13th and Oregon's unranked, and I think that'll um, – make make it on its face seem like oh usc is definitely gonna they, they should beat them yeah they're, they're gonna win it'll be usc but i i love keaton slovis but i don't trust their defense and i like oregon's coach and crystal ball so much more mm-hmm. than i like usc's coach and i think that could in college football that's more of a better like a greater equalizer than a great quarterback yeah um as is in like the nfl it's like if you have a great quarterback that's just really tough to beat mm-hmm. um because quarterbacks are so much smarter in the nfl but I, I'm gonna pick USC, but I think oh. it'll be close. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. You take said USC. all that I, for to just, I know, to just I know. pick USC. Okay. Yes. Let me break it down yes. for you, people. Oregon, good, but Oregon is is I think a good team that is just that has been disappointing. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, USC is a bad team that has been disappointing because they keep winning. Um, that is my <laughs> take. I don't think USC is that good, but let's break it down like you said. Hundred percent think Oregon has a better coach. Agreed. I think yes. I think Keaton Slovis is a better quarterback, but it's it's in this arguable system of if you're matching up offenses, USC, they can if, if you let them get into a rhythm passing the ball, they're very tough to stop. They run they, the air raid. Keaton Slovis have, runs yeah. it very well. They have North Carolina tendencies. 
in terms yeah, of throwing. They've the got they they're a great third quarter passing attack if they get yes. it going. Yeah. Oregon is way more balanced. I think Ty, I still think Tyler Shuck is a really good quarterback for Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you flip it over to the other side of the ball, I think because football is about matchups. I think Oregon's defense up against USC's offense, that's the matchup to watch. I think Oregon can win on that side. And I think Oregon's offense will be able to move the ball against USC's defense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Oregon Ducks. Okay. Should be the Washington Huskies, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, um, well, it, yeah. I, sh- I should have 52 points, but we can have that conversation later. Um, mm-hmm, sure. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think Oregon will win. I do think this entire season, I and I just did it a second ago, I've really been crapping on USC. You really have. Because once again, <laughs> they are undefeated, and I still don't think they're very good. <laughs> but, I mean, credit to them, they're in this game. I think they're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. I've never, I'll never say that, that they aren't fun. I am very interested in this game. I think it'll be a very good matchup. So, okay. So, Tyler, you said that Keenan Slovis is the best quarterback in this game, and I think I agree with you. But... I think it's important to note that Keaton Slovis going head-to-head against Tyler Shaw, he's not just going up against him. He's going up against the combination of Joe Moorhead as the offensive coordinator for Oregon, having Tyler Shaw as his quarterback. That makes sense? Okay. That like yeah. combination, I think, is better than Keaton Slovis on his own with whatever it is that is going on in Southern California. So... While my gut wants me to take Oregon, my brain realizes I need to pick up points here. And I really (laughs) like the way that Michael expressed that because I have been worried, allegedly, of making this Friday night like a three-team Friday night parlay. But this is the game that's been concerning me because I kind of believe that Oregon can win this football game. Um, But because of what USC has done, like watching them beat Arizona State, right? First game of the season for them. They shouldn't have won that game. It took like a fourth quarter crazy wild comeback and an onside kick and all that stuff. But sometimes that's just what happens in a season. And I mean, I know we've said sometimes this a thousand times. Sometimes you get times. lucky early and then you then you figure out how to be good later. Exactly. Right. And listen, we've said it a thousand times. This year has been insane. It's the true. thing The thing it's that true. should happen has not always happened this year. And I need the points... I think it could happen. It's close. My gut wants me to take Oregon. So that way, if it does happen, I am on the record here, but I'm going to officially take USC because I need to make up the difference. Real quick before we move on. Yeah. The The key for this one for me is is kind of like that, what have you done for me lately? That's a good mm-hmm. point. And Oregon's three and two. Their last two games have been their two losses. They lost to Oregon State, who's... It averages the day is long in a in a back and forth forty one to thirty eight game, like it, great game. It is what it is. Great game. It is what it, it was. A great game. Foggy. Um, the colors. The highlighter bowl. Uniform. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, I love the, the uniforms. Bowl. I know people. Was awesome. I like the uniforms because I could, great. It was awesome. It's the only fog game I've been able to see clearly the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was everyone was making fun of the uniforms to start the game. It was like you I, like us now, don't you? You can see us. <laughs> you piece. <laughs> There's some value here, um, <laughs> but uh, it's like it's like they they brought in the fog just to say like yeah this is what it's for um, and then and then they gave us the fog in the Gator game last week to be like yeah. this is what would have happened if not for these highlighter uniforms yeah, yeah. exactly oh, God. Um, but then they lost a 
a bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. My golden bears. It was bad. Um, to Cal. Yeah, I don't. And Cal's a respectable program, but like, and then that was December fifth, and they haven't played since then. Mm -hmm. And USC sitting over here, they're kind of playing week in week out. The Arizona game, which was their second game, was I think their worst of the season. And they still won the game, but like you should not have been struggling and to barely squeak by an Arizona mm-hmm. team that sucks. Um, and even the UCLA game that they played this past weekend was, yeah, they shouldn't have given up that many points, but they they matched them. Yeah, throw for throw, you know, yes, bar for bar. But, you know, but um, and it, and this is an, also an argument for USC. It took some Keaton Slovis heroics late in the game. But but yeah. but but that's the thing, Tyler. We know he can do that. Yeah, that's not a problem. Like if. Um, it's not they're, they're not depending on it, but they know that there's break glass in case of emergency, and that's a big deal, especially in a conference a lot, championship game. It is a lot easier to drive on UCLA's defense than Oregon's defense, just saying. I will say it this. It is, but Oregon's defense gives up 28 points a game. It's not like they're world beaters. Yeah. Took the words out of my Clay mouth. Clay Hilton wins another Pac-12 championship. I'm done. I'm done. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm do- like throw, throw away the program. USC's, you're throwing it. You're throwing it. They, they should fire him. They should have fired him last year. Never listen, mind. It doesn't matter. Listen, yeah. I, I will say they went from like 75th or whatever it was in ranking mm-hmm. in recruiting last year. They're, I think, 13th this year. Yeah, they, they made a significant improvement. Significant Another improvement. team that a shortened schedule has yeah, really helped them. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, for real. And listen, last thing before we move on the Auburn job is open. I am aware that they are looking internally, but who knows if Mario Cristobal has one foot out the door? Who knows? Who knows? Apparently he shut, didn't he shut that down? I thought the other Why day. Why would think, you leave Oregon to go to Auburn? Oh no! I can. Well, oh, I can. I can make the argument. I can make the argument. Other than money. No, no, no. no I arguably money. think no. You, you know how much easier shot, it is. You have a better shot at winning a national championship if you keep building Oregon the way you do. You know why? I, I, I disagree. Know. You are. The, I no. I I, okay, we're gonna get into this conversation. Your biggest rival is a Washington team that is with another coach that is his first year. You don't have to play Nick Saban every year. And then on top of that, you don't have to play an SC schedule. So if you get Oregon, they almost made the playoff with Justin Herbert last year, and they're recruiting better than they were when they had Justin Herbert. Hold on. I, I agree. I, to, no, no, go ahead. The, Finish. The path to win a Pac-12 championship, to get into the playoff, and to win the national championship is least resistance at Oregon as compo- compared to Auburn. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take an SEC job. But I just don't know if I would take the Auburn job. So I totally see your point. I don't think it's easier. It's easier to to have more consistent winning seasons. Exactly. But you just got to win Pac-12, one game. The Man. Pac-12 has gotten into the playoff only twice. The first year with Oregon when they had Marcus Mariota and that Washington team that got completely destroyed. Let's um, let's call it how it is that couldn't get past midfield against Alabama. Exactly. They scored on their first drive. What are you talking about? The, and then okay. after that. And then after that, they and, couldn't and, get past midfield. Yeah. Um, so I, it me, I think, a resident Pac-12 defender out here. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But no, the SEC, one, coaching the SEC is something no coach will admit, but it's like, it's a pinnacle of college it coaching. It is. So there's that. No, I agree, but go ahead. Also, number two. Recruiting's easier at Auburn. That's I my big, you, that's my biggest thing. It's so much even easier you, to get a kid to go to Auburn than it is to Oregon. So much easier. Even even Gus Malzahn um, was able to even going up against Alabama and LSU and competing with them in recruiting. Auburn's recruiting classes were still better than Oregon's. 
consistently year in a year and out look, because there are so many great right, players okay. and how, near them. How many playoffs has Auburn made? None, none. But Oregon's only made one, and I mean, I just, if, I just think if, I, if I understand. You are at Oregon to win a national championship. You have to beat Nick Saban exactly one time, and that is in the playoff. If you're at Auburn to win a national championship, you have to beat Nick Saban in the Iron Bowl and then go play at the SEC the East champion the next week. So I yeah. I understand that the, the logistics are harder in terms of the games on your schedule. But as a job as a whole, I am with Michael okay. where I think Auburn is a better job yeah. than Oregon. The, the blueprint oh, no. for success is is easier to execute at I would, Auburn okay. than Oregon. Here's last thing I'll say. We can move on from this. I actually, I think we, I can't agree with you historically on this. Uh-huh. It's just what I, what I think I'm coming at is that like, if you're in Mario Cristobal's situation in Oregon, why would you leave to go to Auburn? Can I, and can I answer this, this question and we can yeah. move on? Yes. Because Nick Saban is in his late sixties. Nick Saban Yes, as a man that wants to coach forever, and I understand that he is he, he's not a human, and I understand that he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But if in four or five years, they just gave Gus Malzahn eight seasons, they can give Mario Cristobal the time to build a program so that when the day comes that Nick Saban goes away, they can strike while the iron is hot, take advantage, and assert themselves in the state of Alabama, which... If you assert yourself in Alabama, you assert yourself in the SEC West. And if you assert or, yourself in the SEC or, West, you assert yourself in a national co- championship competition. Or you could just build yourself into the powerhouse in the Pac-12, take over the entire West Coast recruiting with literally no like resistance. We could spend all day yes. talking about this. We could. We could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, this I is yet, yet another on. yet another episode we'll do in the offseason. Yet because another episode. Because we're com- I think we both you're bo- we're both making I think really good points. I think so too. <laughs> but, Yo, you make sense. Yeah. You make sense as well. But, all right. Let's let's move on from the Friday night games. We're waking up, we're having breakfast, we're watching game day, and we're thinking about the seven games that are going on today. Let's start with the most I think the most anticlimactic conference championship game just, and just say it just say it and that's just North, say it and that's northwestern losing to ohio state which all three of us are going to pick right there's no point in going into it i mean there's a point it'll probably be the best defense that you ohio can, you can keep talking michael but i'm gonna go ahead and write you down for picking ohio state. Like, <laughs> yes no, no no you you can absolutely okay. do that the the line's 20 and a half and i think that's probably the perfect that's line uh, yep yeah. I agree. Because um, I think Ohio State will win by at least 17. Now, maybe it'll just be 17, mm-hmm. but I don't see a scenario. Now, I could see, I didn't see a, Yeah, I could see that. I didn't see a scenario where Indiana was competitive against Ohio State and Justin Fields threw three interceptions. So, like, can yeah. it happen? Sure. Is it going to? 99% of me says no. Maybe, like, there's a 1% chance, but, you know. And the other thing the, is that- Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, like Ohio State just matches, like Northwestern doesn't can't run with them. They're not as physical. They're not as there's strong, no fast. area they, on they, the they field where Northwestern wins. There's yeah. no area Agreed. on the field where Northwestern and wins. And I, I think that's State. the there's easiest. not a blueprint for it. There's yep. nothing. The, there was actually there was a way the Indiana matched a one against Ohio State. Their wide receivers could beat Ohio State's corners because Ohio State's corners have not played very well this season. Mm-hmm. There's there there isn't anything for North, that Northwestern does better than what. Ohio State can match up against it. Yeah, I think the only thing they sure. could is do some announcing, but 
hey, they're not called the fighting Reese Davises for nothing. So <laughs> hey, that journalism uh, school, that journalism that school. was amazing. Medell, baby, Medell. Um, that is a noon kickoff on Fox, Big Fox. But the game that I think we're all going to be watching intently, like on our primary, write. on our primary screens, not on our laptops, is Oklahoma <laughs> and Iowa State in the Big Twelve title game. It's a noon kickoff on ABC. Michael, who you got, man? I got Iowa State. Oh, and, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, oh, let's go. Let's. You, look, you, you can talk in one second because I – vindication. Go ahead. <laughs> because I this is what I look at. They don't have a better quarterback. But I think they have – they will have the better quarterback on per- Saturday. Performance. Ooh, yes. that's a good one. That's a good – like NFL careers won't match up, but in this, in this one game – this one, I think what Campbell and Purdy have at Iowa State is something that is, it's not something that Oklahoma, I think, can beat. Oklahoma can can completely demolish uh, Kansas State or uh, Texas. And I think the way that they match up, the last thing I'll say on it, though, is I I truly think the coaching is even. And Oklahoma has the better players. Yes. But Iowa State, I think, plays to their ceiling more than Oklahoma does. They are, I think, and what's crazy is, I, I know I'm saying this in a year that Iowa State lost to freaking Liberty by 17. I know. But over the last few weeks, the, the last few weeks, I just, I love what Iowa State's putting on film. I love how they look. They've gotten better each um, week. They, yeah. they have gotten better each week, exactly. That West, um, that West Virginia game was insane. Like I was watching that they were just yeah. executing on everything. They really were. And Oklahoma, th- look at. I'm just gonna look at the last game. The, Iowa the State Baylor beat game. West Virginia, forty-two to six, and Oklahoma played Baylor twenty-seven fourteen, and yeah, they won by a few and choice, the narratives just, going never, into those games were so flipped because we expected yeah. Oklahoma to kill Baylor, and the West exactly. Virginia game was the like, oh, watch out. I they yeah. it, they were calling what was ha- eventually actually happened to Florida, um, yeah. and and they were no, gonna say, but, oh, it's gonna happen yeah. to Iowa State, and they killed them. Yeah, I think this is gonna be a game to where um, it's gonna be back and forth. It's gonna be close, and I think they're gonna need like a special teams play or or one one crazy or two crazy plays that kind of flip the script, give their offense like a short field, whether it's a turnover, a great play and special teams or whatever. And I just, I think Iowa state is going to be that team to make those plays. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like them more. Also, um, one of their receivers, Xavier Brewer was a Bartram kid. So shout out to him. There it is. Was, there, there's the real reason. Um, Tyler, but, okay. what about you? Oh, well, Mike's we know who you're uh, taking. Uh, we, okay. We know who we're both taking here. All right. Oh, like, Xavier Hutchinson. It has been Who's foretold. their leading receiver. It has been foretold. Like, um, but, I do think, and this allow me to be stupid when I say this. This is sort of movie crap that I always say it's going through right now. Like this is <laughs> like this. This team is a great story, and that's not what wins football games. Trust me, I know. <laughs> but I do. But I do think there is a substance to it in the fact that Iowa State they play harder, they play more consistently than every team that they go up against, and in this year specifically, where teams give up a lot. <laughs> Um, and I don't blame any of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Iowa State is out-executing. They are, get, they are getting better. Brees Hall should be in the Heisman conversation, but won't be because he plays for Iowa State. Um, and on top of that, 
they they have a very unique kind of offense because in it's very tight end heavy it's very patriots um mm-hmm. yeah and no it is it's they run matchups it's it's yeah, pretty and I, I think it's a good system i'm gonna i'm obviously gonna take iowa state because uh those are my cyclones uh i think that mm-hmm. this is matt i hope this is not matt campbell's farewell but they oklahoma could easily win this game but it's one of the things that i think this is an oklahoma rebuilding year and Losing the Big Twelve Championship is pretty good for pro- for a rebuilding program year for your program. Yeah, but I I feel like this Oklahoma team they don't really have what's in them to 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 make to flip that extra switch just mm-hmm. yet. They they'll have it next year. Oklahoma is going to be yeah. damn good next year. So, um, but I'm going to take Iowa State. So I'm going to take Oklahoma, and I'll tell you why. Tyler, let me ask you a question: Is it easier or harder for a team? to beat a, a team twice in one season. Oh, that's good. It's harder. It's harder. <laughs> Michael, Michael. It's good. Michael. Um, yeah. Matt Campbell is a defensive-minded coach, correct? I believe so. Yes. And and Lincoln Riley is an offensive-minded coach, correct? Yes. And when a coach like Lincoln Riley is able to see a defense once already, lose to that team, they've made mistakes, do you expect for – um Lincoln Riley to make those same mistakes again? Oh no, no. no. I, I think Lincoln Riley and that offense is gonna have a day. Yeah, exactly. But. That that's that's where I'm getting at. And now let me also give you the nail in the coffin for me, metaphorically speaking. This <laughs> is and I do not think I'm exaggerating here. This might be the best Oklahoma defense of the decade. This might be the best Oklahoma defense of the decade. No, it's not, I mean, you're not you're, wrong. you're you're only competing with last year's team. We don't need semantics. We don't need we don't need specifics here. We don't need that. <laughs> like, my point is, as much as a my brother, Oklahoma alumnus, will be, you know, I, I think I would have been thrown out into the snow if I would have chosen a different team. Um, but no, I genuinely think that this Oklahoma defense is going to be able to throw something at Purdy, not to stop him, but to slow him down a little and that's just what you mm-hmm. need you need him to slow down a little in order for the oklahoma offense to kind of fire on all cylinders that we hope and we think that they will now is this game going to be close absolutely are we going to be down to the like am i going to be chewing my nail beds in by the end of this game absolutely but apart from needing the points to make up ground uh, uh boomer sooner i gotta go with oklahoma i gotta go with them real quick yep okay I see you. Your point is completely correct. It's mm-hmm. not just val- like it's not just a good point. I think I completely agree with you that Spencer Radler and Lincoln Riley, having played this team before, will have a great game plan. Yeah. It'll probably be a full proof, full proof game plan. Mm-hmm. And they average, let's see, they average forty three points a game. I don't think that they'll hit that, but not because their offense isn't good. Did y'all watch? The Indianapolis Colts take on the Green Bay Packers. I did not. A few not live. Ago. I went I re- I back and rewatched it. I did not. So, uh, Sergio, since you didn't watch it, Green Bay is a very prolific offense with arguably the, one of their better defenses in the last few years. They're a great mm-hmm. team. Yeah. And most times they would probably you would you would bet. That straight up, they would beat the Colts more times than not. But 
the Colts ended up winning the game. And they didn't only win going away. They dominated Green Bay in the second half of this game. Green Bay came out to a lead. The Indianapolis Colts came back and just controlled the game. And this is where your guy, Tyler, your running back, Mr. Hall. Brees Hall. This is Brees Hall. This is where he comes into play. Okay, that's true. Iowa State with a coach as smart and as solid as Matt Campbell knows his defense is not going to stop Oklahoma. Yeah. But their offense can can limit their possessions to the point to where if they can continually grind out six, seven, eight-minute drives, and they don't even have to score every single mm-hmm. time um, or get in the end zone every single time. If they can grind out these drives, which I think they have the potential to do, they can just limit the offense. And yeah. when you limit an offense, you saw what happened with Florida where um, when last week when they are playing well, LSU. You, maxim- you maximize mistakes. Yeah, you, you maximize, maximize mistakes. mistakes. You throw off rhythm. And yeah. that's the biggest thing, I think, with a team like Oklahoma, their rhythm, when they get into a groove, they're almost unbeatable. Um, but I think it could throw off the rhythm enough. That's just yeah. my prediction. It may not happen. Right. But that's that's yeah. my no, but I feel avenue like, for victory. I feel like I feel like if that's if the game if Iowa State is to win the game, that's how it's gotta be. Keep the Oklahoma offense yeah. off the field. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move forward. We're, we're kind of running short on time here. We got to want to get to the well, game. This is an important week of college football. So Big we're week. Gonna go, we're going to go we're, there we're gonna go today. Oh, we're going to go gotta, We still got to hurry up because yeah. we got a lot of games to talk about. All right. Uh, the Sun Belt Championship game, gentlemen. Louisiana. This good. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> game. This is on the laptop for sure. Louisiana taking on Coastal Carolina, 330 Eastern on ESPN. Michael, who you got? Dude, I got Coastal, man. They got two top 20 wins. I think if you if you're gonna make an argument for a power five team, first of all, I don't understand why the committee's not making the argument for Coastal or people aren't making that argument because mm-hmm. I would take Coastal over Cincinnati every single day of the week and twice on Tuesday. I love their team. They they and they scheduled a BYU team last second and beat them. Um, and so I, I got Coastal in this one. Liberty's been great. Obviously, they they have a more marquee win beating Iowa State by seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got I got coastal on this one. Uh, I think that makes you're me. Next. I'm next, right? Next. Yeah. Tyler, I'm staring at you through the screen, trying to see who you're gonna take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You All just. Right. All right. This, this is this is one that that really sucked for you to to be going. It does because it does because here's because the there's justification for either one. Here's here's yeah. my here's my question. Uh, is Louisiana gonna need to use a long snapper? I need to know this information <laughs> before I make this pick um no all right billy napier please text (laughs) yeah (laughs) billy napier number one are you going to use a long snapper number two are you going to auburn i just need those questions (laughs) yeah um no i i think i'm because i'm going first i think i'm gonna have to go with coastal i think i'm gonna have to go with coastal because again two top 20 wins i like louisiana i really do but the way that coastal runs this like default triple option but not really Shotgun like a, triple option. Yeah, it's like a it's like a spread with triple option tendencies. Um it's like a pistol type thing too. And that defense playing fantastic. They held that BYU team that scores in the 40s to to the early 17 uh, points, baby. To 17 points. Like incredible, incredible yeah, performance. Zach Wilson's gonna be the second overall pick. Nah, nah. <laughs> no. Listen, I it goes back to something you said when talking about that BYU Coastal game, Tyler, that the Coastal defense did a great job of giving them every yard they wanted except the one they needed. And I feel like that's something that could come into play. Give me Coastal. Uh, 
Chanticleers. That's who I want. Tyler, who you got? You know, it, it's funny because I agree with every single word that you said. Mm-hmm. And I will also be taking the Coastal Carolina. Oh, man. <laughs> so, okay. Can I, can I petition to take Louisiana then? Can I petition? You know, I, Even though I've made my I choice. I will allow it because this is crunch time. This, <laughs> is, this, is, this is my Statue of Liberty. This is my hook and ladder. If you like, want I, me to go before you from now for the rest of these picks, I can do all that. Right, I agree. Make it I agree. For you. I agree. I agree. Because, okay. Because if you want to change your pick to Louisiana, because I, I almost, just for the sake of being different, and because mm-hmm. I actually think Louisiana has a shot to win, I almost picked Louisiana. See, but I think Coastal, it, both of them are good. It's just who's going to show up because Coastal Carolina has been a flashy good team this year, right? But Louisiana has been good. That's what I'm saying. And, like they've been and, real good. Yeah. And the case there like, also is that it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm picking the other team just because I'm down. I mean that's part of it. But I generally think either team can win. I'm allegedly yeah. I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't allegedly even want to put anything on there. So, all right, let's move forward to the most important game of the day. Number three ranked Clemson Tigers going up against the number two ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This is the ACC championship game. It is a rematch of a regular season game played earlier in the season where Notre Dame won in overtime at home against a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson team. It's a four o'clock kick. It's on ABC. Uh, Michael, who do you have? All right. So, I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't, in my heart of hearts, necessarily have the conviction uh, the or the confidence, I guess, of my pick, but I'm going Irish. I think that Chris Lee, even though he just got hired by Vanderbilt, will put mm-hmm. together a good defensive game plan, and I, I just, I love Brian Kelly and what he's done this year. You know what's great? Like, and the... This may be in the minority. You guys may disagree with me on this. Um, but I think this year, Brian Kelly is, do, is the better coach than over Dabo Sweeney. For like this, That's this, just my this coaching vi- performance this year? Just this year. Managing all the crap. No, I think I'm that, with you. I think, I think I'm with you. Oh. And... I, I just... I love what this Notre Dame team has done this year. They, like... The, a lot of people have made the comparison of this team to their 2012 team that went undefeated and then just got rocked by Alabama in the championship game. This is not that team. This team is physical. I think they're better in the trenches than Clemson, both, both sides of the ball. I love what they did against Travis Etienne. Um, the first time they played him. now they, they can still do that. They can't stop Trevor Lawrence, but if you can make them one dimensional and force them into some obvious passing situations, then you have a chance. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I, I feel extremely confident about it, but I can see a path to where Notre Dame wins this game, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger. And I'm gonna take the Irish. All right, I go next. Um, yes, you do go next. So Notre Dame won at home in overtime against the DJ Uyunglele led Clemson Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not right. there. Trevor Lawrence will be in this game. I'm gonna take Clemson. Uh, partly selfishly because I want to see both these teams in the playoff, but um, like <laughs> also I think, and I talked about it before. Like there was the argument that oh, would there's some people that oh, would Trevor Lawrence have even mattered because DJ threw for like over 470 yards? Uh, oh, he matters. And I was like, it matters because game script. Because DJ DJ yes. threw that many yards because they were down early, because they took Travis Etienne out, and it's one of those things that like yeah, Notre Dame could still do that. 
But on a down-to-down, play-by-play basis, Trevor Lawrence matters. And he changes the way that that game would have been played, in my opinion. I'm not saying that Notre Dame couldn't have won. It was a fantastic win by Notre Dame. Excellent game. Because Notre Dame is 100% the number two team in the country. Like, they deserve every bit of this ranking. Um, I, I want to preface that when I say this. But I do think that this game, and I do think Brian Kelly uh, has been a better coach this season, but Dabo Swinney is still a really good head football coach. And he oh, yeah. he is great at motivating his team. And they've got something to go play for. So I'm going to take the Clemson Tigers. I think it's going to be a good game. I And I think Notre Dame would be smart to try and take away Travis Etienne again. Because... I, I've talked about this multiple times in the podcast. The reason that Clemson quarterbacks often get linked to the Heisman because of the quality of them as players, but their offenses aren't necessarily mm-hmm. built to give them Heisman numbers. Like the, yeah, the, right. the Clemson offense is built about Travis around Travis Etienne. Like it, it is. And, and then they just do Trevor Lawrence stuff on top of that. In my opinion, like, God. wouldn't that be nice <laughs> yeah yeah but like florida's offense is built around kyle trask's uh distribution the alabama offense is built around it's built around Najee harris and Devonte smith it's built around the touchdown play but we'll yeah. get to that later um yeah and i think that but i i think they could take away travis etienne but i think trevor mm-hmm. lawrence can make him pay for it the yeah yeah i i'm gonna have to i'm gonna agree listen i i I know I should be picking opposite of you, Tyler, but I, I like Clemson that much. Here's my thing. The line is sitting at Notre Dame plus 10.5. Oh, oh. Allegedly, three-point game. hammer that. Hammer that. This yeah. is a one-possession football game between two of the best teams in the country. I think I agree with Tyler in terms of Travis, uh, Travis Etienne. Trevor Lawrence is going to make a difference because of game script. And I want to remind everyone, it wasn't just Trevor Lawrence that was out. There were like there were a lot of other players defensive. defensively that were out too. Skalski, there were a Tyler lot of Davis, defensive players like, that were out. Yeah, so I think with the addition, the return of most of those guys, I would take Clemson. But then again, man, like this game, Whew! it's gonna be close. It's gonna be great. I'm hoping Clemson wins, and I'm low key hoping we just get a rematch of the Natty. Like if we oh, get a part cool. three of this. If we get a part three of this, yeah, I don't oh, understand. Be, oh, I, know a lot I don't of really understand what people have against rematches in college football. One, because as Florida fans, you're not allowed to say that because that's how we won a national championship. Um, <laughs> but two, also, it's just fun. It's it's fun that they get these teams get yeah. to play it's, each other again. Like it's so much more entertaining. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like when you watch the World Series, right? They play more than once. Well, do they pick up on tendencies, and, and you want that. You want that in your even sports. look at the NBA Finals. The Cavs with when LeBron was there, and the Warriors met. Four years, five years in a row, whatever it was, that they were amazing. Every year, yeah. they were everybody tuned in, and there were years that the Warriors gentlemen swept them. Like, like it wasn't close, um, right? But it was still it fun. Was still it was still fun, fun a to good see. event. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There, I, I should go Notre Dame just for the points wise, but I'm, I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I I get it. I truly, my heart of heart, thinks Clemson's gonna win, but it's gonna be close. And if we're wrong, Tyler, we're wrong. But if we're wrong, we're wrong together, dude. <laughs> if we're wrong and Notre Dame um, wins that game, I, I deserve two he, points. He, he deserves – no. You do. You this do. this you happened last time. time. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, next game up, the Mountain West title game. Boise State taking on San Jose State. It's a 4-15 kickoff Eastern time on Big Fox. Uh, Michael, who do you have? I mean – I'm not picking against 
Boise State. I can't do it. I, I like them. I, I think that they can do it. And San Jose State is a team that I have not seen any of, in all honesty. But I think mm-hmm. Boise State is just a higher quality team. I'm. This is a situation to where, since I haven't watched much of San Jose State, that I'm going to take the better players overall, and Boise State is that. Mm-hmm. And that's it's okay. as simple as that. I, I like Boise State's team just better, even though I don't think that they played particularly great the last few weeks, 17-9 to nine over Wyoming. It was a snowstorm, and it was it was kind of an ugly game. Um, yeah. But uh, I just I trust them more than I trust San Jose State. Uh, yeah, well, I was going to make a joke about no respect for the Nick Sarkle, San Jose State fighting Spartans, uh, Nick Sarkle on his third school, <laughs> but that is absolutely yeah. probably the correct take. I'm also going to take Boise State. You know, their only loss is to uh, BYU. Yep. So, just, I'm, I'm going to take that. It's Boise State. Gentlemen. <laughs> Gentlemen. This proves to me that you have not seen a single San Jose State Spartans game. I said that when I first picked them. I know. I I did, but I'll own up to it. (laughs) Give me the San Jose State Spartans, gentlemen. Oh, boy. And I'll tell you why. Because I saw their last game against Nevada. I may have allegedly been staying up late. That's my boy. Because I may have allegedly had something on there. I love you so much. (laughs) And I had a chance to watch them, and this is a team that does not quit. Boise State has the better players, absolutely. But does San Jose have nothing to lose? Absolutely. And in this wild 2020 college football season, there is nothing better than San Jose State going undefeated to win the Mountain West in a conference that quite literally nobody cares about. Give me the San Jose State Spartans. Come through for me, Spartans. I'm one of yours this weekend. Let's go. Real quick, just a percentage yeah. uh, or, or scale of one to ten. How much did uh, Tyler picking Boise State sway you? None. I had this pick. I zero. Uh, okay. I had this pick. Okay. It's up funny. Okay. I, really, I, I, I was hoping. I was San hoping. <laughs> I, I was hoping you didn't take them, Tyler, because well, it's funny how that worked. I was out. like, I'm, I'm doing the calculation. I was hope. I was banking on you taking Boise with my Clemson pick because I was like, I need somewhere else. To like, I think there's more margin of error in Clemson. Like, I want to, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, I was, th- this is a, this is just a hamster up here. Guys. I'm just picking <laughs> who I think's going to win out here. I, I love, I have yeah, always yeah, been yeah. the lead in this competition. This two years that we've done this. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. It didn't work out yeah, for me last yeah, yeah. year, but. <laughs> I came through championship weekend last yeah. year. This is my time All to right. shine. Uh, second to last game, Tulsa taking on Cincinnati in the American. It's an eight o'clock kick on ABC. Uh, Michael, who you got? Oh, I got Cincy, and I don't think it'll be yeah. particularly close. Con- consensus, consensus, consensus gentlemen. Here. Yeah, uh, consensus. Yeah. Cincinnati. The defense, the Cincinnati defense it's is too. It's too. It's too. It's and, and I actually they give up fifteen points a game. I don't think that Tulsa. Yeah. I think the fact that their their regular season game was canceled does benefit Tulsa. Like yeah. it, I think it greatly mm-hmm. benefits them because it's just it's playing Cincinnati twice is not sound appealing to me. Um. But I still yeah. think that Cincinnati, Loki, Cincinnati's offense has been really good this year. Like their defense is the best part of their team because it's awesome. But their offense is it's, yeah. it's not it's not like the defense. It's an all time great defense that's dragging an offense along. Because trust me, we know what that looks like. Um, no, this is a good offense. Yeah, look, look at their margin of. I guess their margin of victory. 
they average 40 points. They average basically 41 points a game. And they only average giving up 15. 40, like, that's crazy. I, I, I would imagine it's the biggest discrepancy between points per game and points allowed uh, in the country, maybe, because that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, it's the most important game in our hearts. It's the SEC championship game. It is different from its traditional 330 kickoff. It is Alabama taking on Florida, SEC title game, 8 o'clock Eastern, CBS. Um, All right, let's approach this differently. Michael, what does Florida have to do and what outside forces need to come into play that give Florida a chance late in the game <laughs> Wish to spells. win this football Genies. game? Very God, Brujeria. Time travel. It's actually very simple. <laughs> it's extremely simple. You turn this game into a track meet. You, I, I'm serious. You turn it into a track meet. One, okay. For one, I don't think Alabama is expecting that. I, I think after last week, it's uh, Alabama would, I would imagine, you know what's funny? I think Alabama would rather Florida have won by 21 points and just rolled over LSU like everyone thought they were going to do last week, then lose that game. Yeah, Alabama, that was like the worst thing that could have happened to Alabama, honestly. Um, okay. But look, th- this is one of those situations to where you play to your strength. If Florida runs the ball one time, I'll be pissed. <laughs> Unless it's the Kadarius Tony on a sweep <laughs> or something like that on a jet or – they like it, why are or you it's running? like a backward why are you running yeah yeah or it's like a backwards pass to Pierce or Davis uh, like I'm se- dead ass you know what you know what Spurrier did when he first got in, into the SEC and what he did at Duke and what he's what he did everywhere except for like South Carolina was he legit like he he would at times completely abandon the run game and he would not only go strictly wide receiver like did have you all seen Varsity Blues been a movie. long time. A, a, amazing <laughs> movie, by the way. I just watched it um, again the other day, and that's it's fresh in my head. And so they legit and they, they told off the coach at the end of the game, and he left. And so basically, the, the players were calling the the offense. They went five wide, and not just five wide. They had five wide receivers on the field, and they just went air raid, full air raid. Mullen is a good enough offensive mind to where you put Pitts, you put Tony. Um, you put Copeland and you put Grimes and Malik Davis, I would say out Flex there out. majority Dude. of the time. Yeah. yeah. And you just pick on their matchups because th- this is what I was like. Alabama gives up 16.8 points a game. That's amazing defensively, but it's not the same Alabama defense that we're used that we're used to. Yeah. It, it really isn't that they, they are gettable at times. Yeah. Um, so, what Florida? If Florida could slow down the game with a run game, I would say do that. Florida's Florida not built that, that way, though. You play to your strengths and you let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, are you gonna win a shootout with Alabama? You might not, but you have a better chance to win a shootout than you do to win a, a game on the ground because Najee Harris and Alabama's ground game is going to dismantle Florida's ground game in comparison. So, you, what ground game? Exactly. Um, Florida, so, Florida's running backs are just receivers. Like, they can't they, be, yeah. No, no. What I'm they saying are, is no, no, I, no. Tyler, Tyler, they are wheel route specialists. Wheel Let's route call specialists. them by their name. Okay. 
I uh-huh. actually think real quick. I actually think Alabama is gonna is gonna hyper focus on taking away the the wheel route because this is the same defensive structure that Kirby Smart's Kirby Smart plays with, mm-hmm. and Saban's yeah. gonna know that like that won't work again. He, well, he's he's gonna make sure that they don't get beat the same way that Georgia got beat. Now that opens up so many things for you. If you, uh-huh. in the sense of, if you know, if you're sending out the wheel route, but you know Alabama's going to have something against that, you can build off of that. You can adjust off their adjustment. And I'm sure Dan Mullen's football genius, so I'm sure he has that figured out. Um, but I agree with Michael. If, if they, uh, if I see, if I see an under center play that is not a trick play or a jet sweep, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> here's my, here's my thing. Why? If I'm if I'm Saban, which I'm not, and I know that's saying a lot, um, <laughs> like could have fooled me. Let, yeah, right, <laughs> man. Why wouldn't I want to maybe focus all my energy on someone like Kyle Pitts or someone like Kadarius Tony rather than focus on the wheel route? Because I'd rather this is just my NCAA 14 legendary mode brain working here, but <laughs> I would rather you beat me with a wheel route than allow for a freak of nature in Kyle Pitts and a human joystick in Kadarius Tony to roam the field. You know what I mean? Yes, but yes. but I would say every team has tried to double up Kyle Pitts and it's never worked out. Like it's one of those things where it, it's it's a cut your losses thing where it's like is mm-hmm. it worth doubling Kyle Pitts to just still get beat sometimes? Okay. Or well, letting them situation. have that but that literally be the only thing that they have. And I don't mm-hmm. know. So, Again, we're, I'm not next Saban either. Like, yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from, and you take away their best option, and Alabama will probably be able to come up with a scheme that limits yeah, him, yeah. but I think when you're playing an offense that is as versatile as Florida's to where Pitts hasn't even played in, ha- in some of the games. You can't shut down their one thing with Florida and not move the ball. You can't shut down just yeah. one. Just, and Alabama's the same way. You can't shut down Najee Harris and not expect to get beat by Devontae Smith. Right? Yeah. Like, um, and Alabama, I if and they've split pits out wide plenty of times this season to get matchups on corners who are obviously smaller and, and weaker. Um, you split pits out wide, you're getting six, two and a half Patrick Sertain guarding him. That's yeah. a matchup Alabama can live with. Pit, pits might win some, but pits might lose some. That's a good battle. That, that yeah. That's a Patrick Sertain is good enough to where I think Nick Saban feels comfortable being like, okay, I'll, I'll, you can take him. You mm-hmm. take him. We'll destroy Tony over the middle and these wheel routes coming on these, uh, you know, down the sideline and stuff like that. You, we feel comfortable enough. Now, what Mullen will do, or at least he should do in that situation, is all right. Well, if you're going to do that, then what I should do is I leave Pitts more in the slot, move him around, have more bunch formation, stuff like that. That you know, it, it can d- disguise exactly how you want to match up defensively. So right. it'll it'll benefit Florida's offense. They, it'll be that you know, half second of hesitation from the defense that could get Pitts in position over the middle to body a guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Guys, I figured it out. Put Kyle Pitts in the backfield. Run the wheel route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did it. We did it. You know what? We solved the Nick Saban problem. <laughs> you're joking, but I bet you... No, Mullen it's actually Brian a good Johnson idea. <laughs> Mullen and Brian Johnson are sitting there with Spurrier trying to come up with weird plays that you could just isolate. Run, run, it, to the, run it to the field. Run it to the short side. Like a short yeah, side tight end wheel route, it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> There's I, more to I, football I, than just that right there. So like, yeah. that would be good for I like truly, twice in a game. Yeah, I truly do think though that um, the matchup that Florida should 
look for is Tony. I think Tony's the guy That's what that I was thinking. makes this game uh, for Florida if they're well, able he's, to compete. He's so he's so versatile, Michael. Like yeah. you can yeah. you can line him up in the backfield to try to run some kind of sweep. You can have him run short uh, slant. He could go deep. He could beat defi- he could beat cornerbacks and, and safeties and linebackers and just kind of excuse me just kind of get up field. You know he has the speed. He has the twitch. There is one thing I'd be worried about though. What? I do not want to see. An eleven yard loss because Tony's dancing around in the back in, in, behind the line of scrimmage. That's that something is, that you're not going to beat that's Alabama. That's why you don't that. don't give him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and He's they've been proven. better about that this year. Yeah, because they always yeah. tried yeah. that, and then this year they're like, no, start using your shiftiness to get open downfield. And after you learn how to do right. that, yeah. don't even don't give him the ball at the line of scrimmage. He'll just dance around and make you lose yardage. But give him the ball right. yeah. four five yards beyond the line of scrimmage, he'll make something happen for you. Or do that on a punt return. Like yeah, that's when you can kind of get shifty. Like, so you know? real quick, we had a thing, um, and this was high school often, so it wasn't anything, you know, the world beating or whatever. It's not high level stuff, but it was the, it was the simplest thing. And Florida, they, they've had situations like this all season and they haven't taken advantage enough. They did a lot against Ole Miss in the opener. When you have Pitts lined up or Tony lined up or Grimes lined up outside and, the corner is six yards or more off, throw him the ball. Just throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Literally just get the snap and throw it to him as quickly as you can. Like, it, it is a guaranteed four, three, four, five yards. Yeah. You have a guy in Tra- Trevon Grimes um, that's six four, six five. Pitts is, you know, six six. They fall forward, that's three yards. They literally just fall down, it's three yards. Yeah. You have Tony who will always make the first guy miss. It. I want to see them... Just death by a thousand cuts this defense, mm-hmm. um, and then take the shot over the top. Yeah. Okay. It it's one of those things that I I really think that's where they can find success um, in this game, and it's maybe the only way that they could potentially win it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, we've talked a lot about Florida's offense against Alabama's defense. <laughs> it's that time that we've all been putting off. I'm gonna be the one to do it. Let's switch sides do, of the do, ball. And do we? Do we have to? Do we have to? And Let, all right, you know what? I'll I'll take the band-aid off. All you right. can't cover Devontae Smith and you Just can't give up stop, on that one. Just give up on that one. And you can't one. stop the run game. And you can't like, stop the run game. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna give up on Devontae Smith, but you're gonna load up on the box. Name me, name me. I honestly think, genuinely think, I think Elam is our best chance at maybe slowing down Devontae Smith. I don't want to say stop him. I'm saying like put a little chink in his armor kind of thing. I truly think he's our best it, shot. Well, honestly, the only way that I think of – I mean, if Florida gets to attract me, it's one of those things where when you shorten the game, you maximize mistakes. And when I say that, it's based off earlier. When you have less plays, every mistake matters more. But when you're one yes. running 90 plays, mistake matters much less. Like, mm-hmm. of course, end of the game, sure, yeah, whatever. But a mistake in the second quarter matters a lot if you only get four possessions after that. But if you yeah. get eight, it matters less. Mm-hmm. Florida definitely. It, it Florida, it's hard when you get to attract mate. You take away that, and it's one of those things where like Florida can live with the mistakes that they're going to have on defense if they get into a real track meet. The other thing is Florida's probably going to have to. Florida's going to want to have to get up so that Alabama's offense has to press, which is not something they've done at all this season. And I'm sure they'd be fine doing it, but we haven't seen Mac Jones have to do that. And mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see what he's able to do. 
that, yeah, and, that's and something that, that I wanted to bring up. That's something I wanted to bring up. Michael, what do you think about Mac Jones's ability to essentially because if you okay if you're Florida's defense I think you're the way that you approach this is we're not going to stop Devontae Smith it very law small chance that we're going to stop the run game what we have to do is we have to affect Mac Jones and I feel like this is a situation where it is ironically it's like designed for Grantham in terms of disruption of the quarterback and part of me is a this game goes better than expected and Grantham is kind of kept on and because, oh, look what he did against the best team in the country, blah, blah, blah. And part of me is saying that I think this might be the best chance we have to be in this game late and, and steal steal the SEC. Like, what do you think What do you think of Grantham's, what I presume to be his mentality of pressuring Mac Jones and forcing him to essentially lose the Heisman to Trask on Saturday? Well, similarly to uh, how I talked about Florida offensively and and what they need to do to to win this game Mm -hmm. is how I feel about, like, you made a great point, Grantham bringing pressure and throwing this quarterback off in order to win defensively. They're not going to win defensively. They're not going to win those matchups against Mechie or Devontae Smith, obviously. Um, And is Jalen – Jalen Waddle's not playing. No, I don't think he's playing. They say the locker room back, but there's been no news otherwise. There's nothing to point to him suiting up. If he does, I will go watch cartoons. Um, (laughs) Either way, though, even even if he were to miraculously play, which none of us actually think, like, you're not going to match up with them. So here's my – what I would do if I was Grantham. I would bring pressure as often as possible – just to get to him and force Mac Jones to get rid of the ball quicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. get in his head, hit him, and just force him to get rid of the ball. You're going quicker up against the best offensive speed line up in his country, process. So. Yeah, right. Speed, task. Just speed up his process. So yeah, it's a tall task, but just bring bring an extra guy literally every single play, and then play off. Seriously, just play off. These corners cannot match up with them. These guys are too good route runners. Play off and keep everything in front of you. Play like cover three even. And keep guys, you know, six, seven yards off the ball. If Devontae Smith beats me 80 yards downfield, you know, I, that's a recipe for disaster. But I do think um, it would speed up the game. So bring pressure that allows that. Ooh. All right. Well, with, with all that being said, guys, it's time to pick the game. Uh, Michael, who do you have? I'm not picking against Florida. I got us. I got us. It's oh. it's us against the world, man. I like like ser- seriously, like I, everything that I've been saying, like I don't see them actually winning. No, but I I don't I I love the mentality where, where they're at. You know what's crazy is I think losing that game to LSU is going to completely light a fire under this team. I think this week of practice, if I could be there, I would. I, I would pay a lot of money to be see this week of practice because you have like because in their heads, especially after the rankings came out, you, you know damn well sure that Mullen and this entire coaching staff and all these players are telling themselves, we go out and we win this game, we're in. Our, our season's not dead. We're we we win this game, we're in, and we have a chance to play for a championship. And at the very least, y'all are playing for. Conference, play a conference championship, which is this, you're playing for pride at this the very. This is a championship. Man in front of you. 
For, this, yeah. this is the moment that that this Missouri lost game. two years ago. This is the moment where that matters. Doesn't yeah. matter what you're playing. You're playing for yourself. You're playing yeah. for your. You're playing to beat someone. Mm-hmm. Line exactly. up in front of me. Want a thumb wrestle? I'll kick your ass. In the words of Dan. Mullen. Exactly. That um, needs to be there for this team. And I can. I would bet a thousand dollars that that was the mentality at practice all week. And so I, I'm like in in my head. I'm like, look, what we're gonna do is we're not going to try to change this game and limit Alabama. No. We score points and we're an electric offense. Let's see how good theirs are. Let, let's see let's see if they can hang with us. And that that mentality, you have a coach tell you that, you you have all the confidence in the world. You you can go up against anybody. You can go up against Deion Sanders and say, I'm about to beat you right now. It, it's it is a it is a special kind of motivation that I think Florida is at right now after this after this past week that I just I think Todd Grantham one is going to call his best game of the season. It's what he did against Georgia, and I in the biggest games I do think he shows up. Will Florida match up against Alabama? Hell no. They don't have to match up against it. They just have to be better than the, these guys for one one night, and I think they can do it. So I, I'm I'm going Gators. I, I think that we can pull nice. it off. Michael Michael remind me when I have kids. You fired me right now. Yeah, remind <laughs> remind me when I have kids to have you coach them because I. God, I'm ready. I got I'm ready. chills right now. I'm man. ready. I'm ready. I, I, I'm ready to line up right now, and I've never played football in my life. Um, <laughs> it's my turn, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, Tyler, the Florida fan, mm-hmm. is like ready to run through a brick wall right now, and is believing you so bad. And I'm gonna be rooting for Florida so hard. Tyler, the five points ahead of Sergio trying to win this thing, <laughs> is gonna pick Alabama. Like, um. Look, I'm not overthinking this. I I didn't think we were going to beat Alabama a week ago. I don't think we're going to beat Alabama today. Like, and it it is honest to God, nothing against this Florida team. This this Florida team is one of the best teams in the country, in my opinion. Even after that loss to LSU, where this is Alabama, and this is the, this Alabama team is the best team in the country. Hey, listen. and I just I they I just don't I just think Florida is the worst is a bad matchup for them compared to what they've faced all season but i'm gonna take alabama i'm gonna take nick saban i i understand and i respect your opinion i understand your your respect for wanting to secure your victory but at this point what do i have to lose give me the gators exactly. <laughs> give me the gators man why that's another reason why they could win what do, do they have to lose do i believe this is going to happen absolutely not i believe alabama won this football game I have a rule where allegedly I do not gamble on teams I have an emotional attachment to. Literally, I've never pl- allegedly never placed a bet on a Gator game. Um, I w- but if I was to be a betting man on this game, allegedly, I would allegedly take Bama. But I'm not. And I went to UF, and Michael, you just really got me emotional. And at this point, Tyler, I know it's not the smart pick, but who cares? Who cares? You got to make up ground anyway. I got to make up ground anyway, dude. Yeah. If you run a two minute drill, baby, like listen, it, Tyler who cares. If, if, if you lose, you lose. Like, if we if we get the upset, we win the SEC, and we we're up. To, I will not be mad if this is the reason I I'm, lose. That's the what I'm saying. And we're and we're up till three in the morning texting playoff scenarios based on the rest of the results for the day. Like, listen, I w- you will not be mad that I got this one point. Who knows? Who knows? So okay, give me that. Give me the Gators. 
Uh, guys, quickly, we, we definitely went over time. Let's just wrap this show up. This is a Megapod. It's okay. Megapod. It's all good. <laughs> Two-point conversion here, non-championship games. I am going to go first because I need it. Um, and I am going to take – I'm going to make it easy on myself because oh. you know what? I need it. I oh need it. I would like – you know what? I'm not going to make it easy on myself. Oh, I'm going to be fun. <laughs> Tyler, do it, do on it, Friday night. Oh, yeah. I know what you're going for. <laughs> on Friday night, we have Nebraska heading to New Jersey yeah. to take yeah. on Rutgers. <laughs> Who is the king of New Jersey? Greg Schiano. He doesn't even pump his own gas. Give me Rutgers. Let's go. <laughs> Give it <laughs> to me. So much fun. Let's end two point on a bang this year. Give me Rutgers, Rutgers. over Nebraska. Rutgers over Nebraska. All right, I'm up next. And, you know, I just picked against Florida, so I got to reclaim a bit of my Florida fan dignity. Give me Wake Forest over Florida State. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> Redemption stories. Yeah. Let's go. Give. I don't even have to explain I actually, I, it. I like that game. That's good. That's Michael, a good one. I don't even have got? to explain my pick. All right, so I am a big SEC homer, so I'm going to stick there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go with Texas A&M, Tennessee, because that's a – that's uh, boring. No, I mean, we know what's gonna happen. No, like, we're go- we're gonna go for. I I hope this is gonna be just a wild ass game. Yes, I loved what I saw last week from LSU's freshman quarterback. Yes. against Ole Miss. This is a four and five against four and four Ole Miss. Oh man, I just I love the intrigue, the Kiffin. possibilities. I love this song Kiffin so much. A- oh, I love this game. I love this Who's song so wait, much. Wait, 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 who are you taking in this game? Ooh, I'm taking out Ole Miss. I'm going Lane Train yeah, all the way. Yeah, Lane Mike, Train. Michael, if you if you uh, if you like them winning outright, allegedly they're uh, they're plus two right now. They are. They're plus. Two. Uh, I have the line, LSU's plus. Or are they minus? LSU's plus two, right? Yeah, LSU's plus two and a half. Yeah, so that's what ESPN saying right if now. You're looking at, but I, I think Ole Miss can win by more than that. I think so as well. I think so as well. Yeah, incredible, gentlemen. Let's wrap this episode up the way we do all the time. It's tweets we shared. We got one big group message. Michael, what's your favorite tweet that we shared with you this week? All right. Um, they, oh, that y'all have shared with me. It could be any, it could be any tweet. It could be any tweet. Wait, okay, wait, I went with one that I shared. Okay, you could do that. Do that. Okay, so I went with one that I shared. Go ahead, do um, it. And I hope I'm not stealing That's one fine. of y'all's. Um, okay, it's from Mia O'Brien. Ah, oh, you stole mine. First, Chris. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. well, all right. So for those that know, Mia O'Brien from First Coast News here in Jacksonville, she's actually, she's really good at reporting um she's she's a good football uh reporter and she she asked pretty hard questions um to jaguars players anyway so she was part of doug marone's uh press conference uh was it yesterday uh, or earlier whatever um time is meaningless it doesn't matter yeah and so his doug marone the coach of the jags his son mac plays linebacker for bowls high school Ugh. who yeah i hate to um, and they are in the state championship game Ugh. for like the 500th time in their school's history. Yeah, because um, it doesn't matter. Isn't that isn't that where Tebow went? Yeah. No, no, Tebow no went he to went nice. to Nice. Put some respect. I, uh, yeah. Okay, Duvalians. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is Nice is like one of Bartram's biggest rivals. So ah, hmm. growing up, he was like, yeah, Tebow's yeah, great, but he went to Nice. nice. <laughs> but uh, no, so. Doug Marone's son's playing in the state championship, and he was asked, you know, about it and stuff like that. And, and his quote is just, it's incredible. He said, all the pressure is on you to make it a happy Christmas for the family. 
I'm not bringing it home this year. (laughs) (laughs) Doug Marone. That is the most Jags thing ever. (laughs) Oh my God. I'll never waver that Doug Marone would be a great coach to get a beer with. (laughs) Oh, he'd be be one of the best. I don't think he's a good head football coach, but he'd be a great guy to hang out with. Doug Marone, have have an alcoholic beverage with us and come on the pod. That would just be a fun conversation. That'd be Dude, a they've game. talked to him on like Good Morning Football, and he's he's a hoot, man. He's fun. He's he's an awesome personality. Oh. Um, and the craziest thing, so at, at the station, um, real quick, uh, I I cut up all like the sound for after the games, mm-hmm. um, their post game press conferences. Doug Marone is the it, it, especially over the last couple weeks during this losing streak. Dude, it hits him hard. He is so defeated yeah. after these losses right yeah. now. It, it it like it literally pains him. Like That's you tough. can hear the. Sad, like the sadness in his voice, like it hurts um, for him to be losing this many games, and he still has these. He still comes on during the week um, and has these just hilarious quotes at times, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's happened throughout the season. He's had a few pretty good ones, um, even this season, and like this is just a, a, the latest example of just how good of a guy and just how down to earth I think Doug Marone is, and it was it was hilarious, man. Wow. Love it. Yeah. Love it to see him from him. It's, you know. It's good to have a sense of humor. It's good to have oh, a sense is, of humor. It is. It is. I feel oh. bad that uh, hashtag tanking works. But it hashtag does. tanking um, works. You know it. The plan right, is coming together, man. I'm telling you guys. You it's just had together. to have faith. You ha- I'm telling no, you. I, it's going to work. This draft is going to be your most your the your favorite draft. I promise you. It's going to be your you favorite that, draft. Uh, Jacksonville's interested in signing Lewis Riddick uh, and uh, interviewing Lewis Riddick for the open GM position. Just saying. Houston's talking to him right now, too. Yeah, well, we got to get on that. All right, yeah. my turn. Yeah. Uh, it's Okay, there's only one thing I can pick right now. It's a tweet that Sergio sent me from Nick Dillatore, Uh But it, it's called The Townsend Family Tree. It's about a tweet from Corey Bender, which basically that oh, yeah. Justin, this is a weird phrasing, elite long snapper <laughs> Rocco Underwood has officially signed with the Gators. His cousins are Tommy and Johnny Townsend. Townsend tree is back. It never left. We, I, I, we, that's we, what I'm saying. Florida's winning a national championship next year. Uh, it's funny because today I joke, I joke, but today I was having a conversation about signing day, bringing it up to Raul, and I think I mentioned the fact that Oklahoma signed a fantastic quarterback out of whatever, and Raul mentioned something, and I was like, listen, like the biggest news of the day is that Florida signed an elite long, and I literally like read the tweet, and I was like, uh, this is Florida's first family, like. We are now back on track for greatness. That's like, why this, is, this year's felt so weird. This is it's it, not coronavirus. guys. It's not having a Townsend. On There's the no team. Townsend on the team. It, it, the, that's what it. That's it's, what it's been, guys. We we need our been, people. There's been a hole in my heart. Yeah, and it is it is slowly yeah. being mended, and I'm so glad that he's also 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 a specialist. Just makes it that much better. Yes, gentlemen. My tweet was not shared by either of you. It was shared by my stepdad. It was shown to me right before we started recording, and I just have to bring oh, it up. God. Um, <laughs> it is by CBS Sports HQ. 48 years ago today, the Miami Dolphins made NFL history. A perfect 14-0. And to this day, no other NFL team has finished the season with a perfect record. Hashtag fins up. And it's accompanied by a picture of the great Don Shula being hoisted out by his by his 1972 players fantastic what a time just a reminder of uh that's awesome who is the only undefeated team in nfl history i don't think real quick i don't think i've ever told the story of the pod then we'll wrap it up but like 
My dad used to be a Dolphins fan back in the day because before the Jaguars existed, and then now you, he's a Jaguars you fan. You mentioned that to me. Did, did I ever tell you that he almost broke up with my mom because she didn't know who Don Chula was? No way. <laughs> no, no. He, they were over at my mom's <laughs> that's, parents' that's awesome. house. This was like when they were in high school or so, or like I think early college. And they were watching it. Her, my mom, my dad, and my mom's father, mm-hmm. my grandpa, are all watching football. And at one point, my mom says, uh, they're talking about it. It's like, who's Don Shula? And my, my dad looked at her, got up, and walked out. No! <laughs> no. And then, and then my, papa, my, my papa looked at my mom and she's like, you, he's mad. You better go get him. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my god. And they're gosh. still together. Well, she learned you know, who Don Shula was. Yeah. She, no, she learned yeah, real yeah, quick well, who Don Shula is. Which, re- oh. rest in peace to the goat. Rest in peace to the goat. Yes, rest um, peace to the goat. for sure. Oh, man. Um, who was it that uh, the other week went when Pittsburgh lost for the first time? In Washington football season. season. It was a Washington uh, football team. And no, it was, no, no, no. It was Larry Zonka who lit up a cigar. Larry Zonka, yes. Yes, yes. Coolest. That was just the Love coolest it. thing. I've well, ever you know ever. what? It's it's All because right. the reason behind that, and then we'll wrap the episode. This monstrosity of a podcast episode, um, yeah. th- this audio movie. Um, the <laughs> the story behind that is that every year after um, the seventy two year, the team would get together after the last team ended, I and they would all that, they yeah. would all have like a champagne toast and have a conversation and stuff, whatever. And this was the first year would wasn't gonna happen because of Shula. So mm-hmm. Larry Zonka lit a cigar, had a scotch, which is what Shula would have and stuff, and 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 they did that. There's a great Peyton's Places episode in season one on ESPN Plus. If you have it, you should go watch it. And it's about the seventy. It's not about the seventy two Dolphins, but there there's a section in it where there yeah. it's Peyton is invited to that like meeting in South Florida where Shula's gotcha. there and Zonka's there and all those guys. So. Um, awesome, Michael. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank yeah, you, man. buddy. Listen, this Anytime, is always man. this and Anytime. the bowl extravaganza are the longest episodes of the season, um, and we are always so grateful for you to come on and talk ball with us. You know, you're always welcome. You can find Michael at 1010XL 92.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. He is a producer, so all those wonderful sound edits and stuff. That's our man, Michael. Um, follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter, yeah. Michael. Your Twitter is at, uh, at Mike Phillips, OG, capital O, capital G. There you go. There you go. Um, and then, yeah, guys, listen, Tyler, you and I will be back doing our um, Selection Sunday reactions and our championship review. We will see if I caught up and if we need to inst- implement a tiebreaker or not. Um, we'll see what happens. And we will also be back next week with our bowl extravaganza pod. So keep an eye out for that. Um, this has been a lot. We're going to just stop talking now. I know you've, thank you for, if you made it this far, thank you. Um, watch the podcast on one and a half speed. You know, yeah. Like, what? Well, let's do some one and a half speed. Yeah. This is one, one of those. This is a one and a half speed. Pod. Cuts out the pauses in our speech. Yeah. We sound more concise. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's Takes be good. less time. <laughs> nice and crisp. <laughs> oh man. Uh, thanks again, Michael, for coming on. This has been another episode yes, of sideline judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. My name is Michael. And we are not biased, and we did not forget. But Kyle Trask for Heisman, gentlemen. Kyle Trask for Heisman. Always.